Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our hurricane edition of Monday Night Football on the uh, on uh, the week of August 24th. Anyway, I'm stuttering because, like, just like you, we're probably you're probably all fatigued by all of this hurricane hoopla and uh, and the stress that it's been bringing us. So we always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. To God, thank you for letting Marco kind of uh, weaken. Pray that Laura will continue to weaken, and, uh, or at least start to weaken, and uh, not be as bad of a hurricane as we think it's going to be. And pray for all the people, especially in Southwest Louisiana. It looks like they're going to be getting the brunt of all this. And um, I pray that we'll be able to also just take advantage of the things that we do have, that things can always get worse and help us to be able to just be thankful with the blessings that are that are among us. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, it's kind of hard to count your blessings this year, isn't it? But I think it's really kind of necessary. Um, uh, I'm trying to make myself a better soccer coach with all the free time we we, we have had to learn. Uh, if you want to call that free, uh, I don't know how much, I, I guess the free time I'm talking about for me is the fact that we haven't had a chance to be on the field and coach, but uh, the teaching's been phenomenally hard. And, um, and, and if I wouldn't have had that freedom, uh, I don't know if I could have really pulled it off. If I would have been coaching at the same time as, as doing this distance learning, and now we have hybrid learning, which is actually working. But uh, um, it, to do it right off the bat and not have any training to do it, if I would have had that in soccer going on, uh, that would have been really, really tough. Now it's come to the point where, you know, I, want, I wanted to get my club cranked up this week, at least to hope that we can get into phase three and four. And now the governor's got something else on his plate with these hurricanes. And, uh, and of course you can't predict hurricanes, you know, we were scared to death of Marco two days ago. And now it's not uh, as airtime, uh, it hasn't even hit the Mississippi river yet. And what's about to hit the river is really not much, but at the same token, could could things flare up tonight? You know, I mean, I just don't trust hurricanes. I'll never forget going to bed for Katrina. And waking up and uh, Katrina was going to hit like uh, Mobile or uh, Pensacola. And then I woke up and it was like ground zero here and uh, overnight. So um, I don't really trust forecasts. I don't trust hurricanes at all. Um, but that's not what this show is going to be about tonight. Okay. Uh, I'm just kind of venting. Thank you for the therapy, all you listeners out there. But uh, at least this weekend, we got a chance to have some fun because of Marco. I was, I didn't really get a chance to go out. I mean, to watch the uh, Champions League final live, but I got a chance to watch it today uh, with the free time. I didn't expect I was going to get and uh, and I thought it was a really really good game, uh, and I figured why not let's talk about that, okay? Instead of uh, instead of all the COVID stuff and all the uh, the um, just depressing stuff we're dealing with over here, um, 
It sure seems to me that in Europe, uh, uh, things are going quite well, uh, although they're not out of the woods yet either with COVID. It, it was kind of surreal to see the uh, empty stadiums, stadium, excuse me. And um, uh, although although uh, one thing that shocked me was how well they piped in the crowd noise, how accurate the crowd noise was placed. And these people know what they're doing. And uh, it felt like, you know, it was a live game. The players uh, behaved as if they were getting fed by some adrenaline. I think the Saints ought to look at the Champions League and uh, and see what they did and how they did it because uh, crowd noise makes a difference. I mean, it really, really does. Playing in those empty stadiums with no no talking. I mean, even our kids in Louisiana could tell you there's a big difference between having a few hundred people in the stadium or just having moms and dads on the sideline, you know? Uh, it, it creates an adrenaline and a rush, and uh, it can't be replicated. And anyway, at least sitting at home uh, for a couple of minutes at a time, I would think like, okay, I'm watching a game that's being watched by thousands of people and live, and and uh, the referee's getting intimidated by the crowd, and and uh, the emotions are starting to flare up. And then I would look at the stands and say, oh, well, maybe not. But the emotions were there, you know, and it was quite, quite good game. I enjoyed it. I don't know if y'all did. Y'all can talk to me about it on Monday Night Football's Facebook page or um, our Twitter feed. M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. Uh, but it was a it was a clash of two Germans, uh, coaches and and two differing systems that are highly successful. Um PSG is my team. Okay, it was the first professional team I ever saw play. We've got to see see them in Stade de France uh, against Saint Etienne uh, when I brought my brother Martin group uh, to Europe. Um, the first time around that I did this. Ironically, to learn how to beat De La Salle. Anyway, that's another story for another day. I am the head coach of De La Salle now, for those of you new listening. But PSG is uh has always been, you know, my sentimental favorite because they were the first. And and uh I watched them beat St. Antien four to nothing and and just the atmosphere that was involved and the craziness and this is something like going to a professional game in France. I'd love to go see a game in Marseille, uh in Lyon. You know, the French have a good time watching soccer and they're definitely sarcastic when it comes to their their football. And they finally got a team. They got two teams in the in the semifinals. And uh, Lyon kind of fell short, but uh, PSG made it. And so, you know, I'm not really crazy about the PSG model right now, uh, business-wise, because it's kind of like the Yankees when I was growing up. You know, you just buy the best players and expect victory. And with the amount of money that the people in Qatar or Qatar, however you want to pronounce it, is they're, they're pumping into PSG, um, they should have a championship. And uh, you could see on their faces when the game was over and they lost that they, you know, they were dejected. It wasn't like this was an off year, you know. I mean, these guys are going to have a have to deal with answering about this for a long, long, long time. Um. Anyway, PSG was playing a traditional 4-3-3, and Bayern Munich, was, which I had a chance to go to at least a pregame party to in Munich. Uh, we couldn't afford the tickets to get into the game when I brought my t another team. Uh, uh, this was my Shaw group um, when we went to um, 
Munich, and uh, we toured Germany a little bit, but at least we went to a pregame party, and boy, that was fun. And uh, um, Munich's got a rich tradition, too, uh, and they've been feeling disrespected this entire season. And they play a 4-5, uh, excuse me, it's technically a 4-5-1, but more specifically a 4-2-3-1, which... Um, I, I have really enjoyed watching. Okay, and I thought I thought uh, both of those systems matched up well. You had two Germans, Coach uh, Flick for uh, Bayern, uh, very very confident, but not cocky. It's kind of refreshing, uh, especially hearing his post game comments about uh, how the how it was a team win. And look, PSG looked like the team to beat really in the first half. Uh, uh, Neuer is just Neuer. Neuer does things that I discourage my goalies to do. Uh, uh, you can disagree with me or not, but I'd rather my goalies play with their hands instead of with their feet. I find a lot of goalies at the high school level, they play with their feet because they're afraid to go in with their hands. And you got to break them of that because your feet really, most people's feet are not that nimble. And look at the film. I mean, uh, the, the uh, to stop Neymar two shots in, in in one second, one and a half seconds, really with basically his feet, and and then and then uh, another shot afterwards uh, that that his feet saved, and he was just unstoppable in there. And he's getting old now, but he's still amazing and and uh, quite effective. And I can't complain when the goalie has a clean sheet and. Uh, what I don't like about going in with your feet, though, is that it could, it could ricochet into the goal quite easily. And I've, I've seen goals that Neuer has given up that way. And so um, uh, far be it for me to be able to criticize Neuer, uh, you know, uh, and I'm coaching here in the high school level and uh, club level here in America. But but um, I, I hope my goalie wasn't really paying too, too much attention to it because because uh, that was one of my main demons I had to fight last year, you know, uh, and I'm trying to get them hand oriented instead of foot oriented. I don't know. It's a coaching preference. I mean, I like to hear what you other coaches have got to say about that, especially you coaches who are basically uh, goalie gurus. Um, I find that just like there's no real kicking coaches in football that know what they're doing. Uh, there's very few people in soccer in Louisiana that, that really know how to coach a goalie. Okay. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's its own animal, and you really got to know what you're doing. Uh, most people just stick kids in the goal. They'll catch everything and intimidate people around them, and that's not what you do with a goalie. And uh, uh, anyhow, I, I find that position extremely hard to coach. But the game the game went on, and, uh, and when the second half started, and then you saw the advantage of having wingers, you know, allowed to play aggressive and and – and ironically, a PSG. <laughs> oh man! I mean, of all people, uh, a, a player that PSG did have, okay, uh, once, and they released, I think, for nothing, uh, is the guy who who stuck the dagger in him. Okay, uh, that that nobody nobody really uh, saw that coming, and that was uh, Komen, all right, who was in the PSG system growing up, and uh, his header was was not really a spectacular physical feat. It, it was just extremely well timed. The ball was placed uh, magnificently, just high enough for him to be able to bend it in and uh it was a really good defensive game nobody was really expecting a defensive game everybody thought it was just going to be wide open um but after that Bayern Munich was able to uh stem the tide of 
of everything that that uh, uh, PSG could throw at them, and uh, and the rest is gravy. Okay, um, one thing. I wanted to make sure that our youngsters knew about, though, is uh, there was a kid, a North American kid who's really not North American, but uh, thanks to North America, he was discovered. Okay, Alfonso Davies, who played outside fullback uh, for uh, Bayern Munich. I mean, he's 20 years old, but uh, uh, for him to be for him to be uh, in a uh, in a Champions League final with a team like Bayern Munich. Uh, uh, is is quite an honor, but when you look at his history, it's it's even more peculiar. Okay, Alfonso uh, is from Ghana. Okay, Bud Uburam, if I'm pronouncing that right, and uh, I've, I've 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 dealt with the, uh, people from Ghana before, and of course, uh, where he that that was his birthplace, but he was dealing with the civil war in Liberia. And his parents are always moving, trying to find a place to raise them. Okay, uh, uh, that that is a big struggle. Uh, my roommate was from Nigeria in college, trying to do the same thing. I have an assistant coach right now for me at De La Salle, trying to do the same thing uh, from Senegal. So you know, to get out to West Africa is is. Is okay. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, Nigeria is not exactly a poor country. It's just got a civil war going on, in the, especially in the north. A lot of Christians suffered last week. But, um, but you know, the, the the whole idea of being able to live in peace, even though we have all this domestic violence around here in America, it's still a peaceful way to go. But Canada is a different ball game. I've been one thing about the uh, about COVID is I've been getting my daily masses when we couldn't go to church uh, out of Toronto. And the Canadian mentality is is a little bit different. I would argue that Canadian football is a step down from American football. Okay, uh, with the amount of money that we've we've spent and and the amount of uh, talent that we can tap into, but he was able to um, be seen, and 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 it's a good thing. Like uh, Vancouver saw him and, uh, and picked him up right away. I mean, he's playing, he's, so he's playing MLS soccer now as a teenage 17 year old, which, you know, if you're very, very good, you 17. Yeah. You can go ahead and do that. You know, MLS is still a league where people retire from Europe. A lot of them, you know, we're getting better though. We're getting better. We're getting better. But the good news for you youngsters who are listening is that scouts were watching. And actually, PSG was trying to sign him before Bayern Munich got their hands on him. And uh, they probably could have used him terribly. But it's possible if you can, I think, aiming for MLS soccer, all right? And he played USL soccer for a year, okay? And so uh, and that's the second tier for us in North America. And if you, if you are good enough, okay, we tell the star players all the time in all sports, if you are really good enough, you know, all those tapes that you waste time making, sending out to all 400 coaches and, and everything, most of the coaches don't look at them, okay? Most coaches want to call me or call the, the coaches that coached you and ask you, okay, what kind of player is this? Can you show me just a clip of what he's done? But I need to see him in person. And so that's really what, what uh, goes on on and, and those so the showcase tournaments are really important if you're going to go to a good one if you're going to go to a mediocre one then you know there's only a couple of coaches are going to be there but uh, 
the coaches need to see if they're at the college level. Well, the pro-level colleges are watching too, okay? Pro-college scouts are watching NCAA games that are on TV. You're always looking for, for some talent, and he has amazing speed, okay? And he's got great foot skills, and he's a threat offensively and definitely defensively. And he was he was – he was seen, you know. Uh, I don't think it hurt him that he was a 17-year-old uh, playing in the in our first division. That that's always like uh, a, um, a headline that probably gave him a little bit more exposure uh, than um, than he would have gotten normally. But uh, but look, y'all, the rest is gravy, man. He played for the Canadian national team uh, in international friendlies and in Concacaf. Okay. Uh, um, he, uh, and then, and now he's, he's, he's playing with Bayern Munich, which it blows my mind how people were disrespecting Bayern Munich all year long. Like, you know, their days are gone and, you know, they had Pep and when Pep left, uh, their chances are gone. Are you kidding me? Lewandowski is what a threat he is. I thought he hit the pole once and I think in one in the first couple of minutes, uh, the first 20 minutes, I felt like the PSG defenders just took him down and he didn't get awarded a penalty kick. And uh, he they kept him down like, a you know, and the referee didn't catch it. How he didn't catch it, I, I don't know. And I, li- I like Lewandowski and the fact that he doesn't really complain. He just got back up and kept going. And what a record setting year he had uh, this year. Uh, a weird year, to say the least. But um, but. At least it ended really, really well. I, I think if you haven't watched the game, it's easy to go watch it. Um, I think it's on CBS All Access if you want a HD version of it. And and I think you youngsters, it's a good way. Uh, it's a good game to watch. I wish it would have had like one of those. Um, I haven't seen it yet. If y'all know where it is, uh, one of the wide views that you can watch from the Women's World Cup. That is the view I want, you know, like the coach, the coaches cut the coaches tape. So you can really just see how all 11 players are interacting and how they're coached to interact um, uh, wherever the ball is and what the situation is at the time. And it's hard to see that on a televised broadcast. That's, that's, you know, um, just looking from the sideline. And, uh, but at the same token, if you know what you're looking for, you know, it was a nice, uh, nice, um, um, Video um, of how the four three three and the four two three one um, <clears throat> um, have advantages and disadvantages with each other. Okay, PSG had many chances. It's just Neuer was on fire, and Neuer on fire is a is hard to score with. And you're talking about man, how much money they're paying Neymar, and uh, for and I guess that was enough inspiration for Neuer to say, hey, I still got it, and he's going to have to bring it if he's going to get past me. And you got Mbappe. Uh, shooting right at him, and uh, he's fresh off the World Cup, you know? And so PSG's got all the firepower in the world, but they just couldn't put it together. And and uh, I haven't been t- keeping up with the French media, but I know, I know the French media is as hard on their teams as the English are, and uh, I'm sure they're giving them grief. I did think Di Maria played well. He's my favorite player probably in the world. And he's starting to get old too, and uh, and Navis, I thought it had a really good game. I mean, that header that went in, it's, it was hard for me to criticize uh, where he was in the placement of it because because it was after a flurry, the ball was played back, and he was getting his footing uh, reset for uh, that that chip that went across the box. I mean, that's 
that's some tough stuff if you're a goalie uh, to have to do. So anyhow, a great, great, great game. It was nice to see. And hopefully all of our kids are going to have a chance to play some soccer at the end of October. Okay. We can still pray. I'm going to tell you, I coach football too. And from a football point of view, we're pretty optimistic that we're going to get started on October 8th. And we're not getting any messages from Baton Rouge as to what's going to happen with, with soccer as to if we're going to have a delayed start too, or we're just going to crank it up on the on October 26th. We'll, we'll have to wait and see about that. But um, it's starting to look pretty good. The, the social distancing is working. The uh, hybrid classrooms working. I think if we get to phase three and we just have these uh, smaller classes, uh, I, I think I think you know, it, it can all work. It can all work. Uh, um, I'm kind of 50-50. I don't want a kid to get hurt. I don't want a kid to get sick and have, you know, lifelong complications uh, for something that he, he or she didn't need to uh, be exposed to. Um, it's just the other side of the argument is, you know, well, West Nile virus is starting to spike right now, too. Would, would, you, would you, you know— to what we're doing for COVID for West Nile. We were scared of West Nile, but we just kept on keeping on, you know? And so sooner or later you got to live, you know? And I see that argument as well too. Um, half a dozen of one, a dozen of the other. But uh, um, I tell you what though, if you do, all of you who are here who know somebody who caught COVID uh, and they were older, you know, it, it is like nothing else. They they all tell me it was like man, and uh, they they never felt that sick before. So um, we're in a mess. Pray for a vaccine, and uh, let's hope that we can get back to normal. Um, let's keep praying that this uh, hurricane uh, um, season can be peaceful uh, for you Catholics in here. Our Lady of Prompt Sucker is our uh, is who we ask for help usually traditionally in the New Orleans area. Anyhow, uh, Our Lady Prom Sucker hasten to help us is what we say. Have her pray for us. Don't pray to her for goodness sakes. That's that's ignorant and not Christian. But if you are a Christ, if you are a Catholic Christian, uh, having her praying for us can't hurt. Anyhow, um, that's going to do it for this week's show. Um, I'm Coach Allen, Director, Head Soccer Coach at De La Salle um, for the boys and the girls, and and Director of Coaching of uh, of a club that's going to try to start next week. Soccer Innovations of America. Wishing you and your family safety and, and Godspeed. Take care.